Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I am thankful to be joined once again by Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager at First United's Wealth Management Department. Good morning, Megan. How are you today? Great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, and I appreciate you joining, as always, to give us our monthly dose of economic update. Uh, so yeah. where where are we going to start? We're going to start on this beautiful day. We're oh, going to start on the negatives. <laughs> beautiful day. Let's get the the bad news. Let's get over the bad news first. out of the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, no. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's go ahead and um, we'll go ahead and dive in here. Um, we're going to be looking at no- those the normal data points that we kind of look at from month to month to mm-hmm. kind of gauge where the market's heading, where the the economy's heading. Um, so really at the top of minds, I'm sure for the, for the last year has been, uh, monetary policy mistakes. Um, I'm sure you saw in the news last week, the fed did raise their, their rates, um, would have been for the 10th consecutive time, 25 points. We're now in target range of five to 5.25%. Um, so this, this increase actually marks the fed's cumulative total increase to 500 points. Um, yeah, and, and really that statement and post-meeting conference offered um, several indications from Fed Powell, um, Fed Chair Powell, that, that this may be the, the last hike in this cycle, although they, they did stop short of coming, committing to a pause, um, highlighting that the, the Fed is very committed to, to fighting inflation that's been persistent and um, the, we'll discuss later, but the labor market has, has remained tight and is certainly not helping. Uh, helping fight that inflation. Right. Um, looking, looking at um, those Institute of Supply Man- Management um, purchase, Purchasing Managers Manufacturing Index, the PMI Index, um, something we look at every month. Again, remember, anything above 50% is, is growth territory. Anything below that is contraction territory. And unfortunately, that manufacturing index continues to get hit hard. Um, remaining in that contraction territory for the sixth month in a row. And it, it came in at um, 47.1%. And, and looking more at the, looking more into that, we saw that new order rates have really remained sluggish as panelists are concerned about when manufacturing growth will resume. Um, they've really struggled with weaker demands, which has been exacerbated by a shift in spending patterns um, by U.S. households towards mm-hmm. services and away from from good. So, you know, we're valuing concerts and experiences over uh, material goods. Um, well, Taylor so, Swift is putting on a concert. I but, know. So. Sold out pretty quick, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So really, you know, coming out of COVID, consumers are still valuing those experiences over, you know, purchasing uh, new things for their home or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, some companies have also gotten stuck with those extra inventories that were built up. Uh, rental go- goods that they they have cut back. Companies were unsure when the outlook will will improve. Uh, this was this was from respondents, but companies were unsure when the outlook will improve. But the Federal Reserve still is raising raising rates. Hmm. 
new orders and productions are really unlikely to increase much, if at all, anytime soon. Are there any expectations as to when that trend will shift back? When things, when when inflation starts to ease, uh, maybe when consumers decide to to shift their sp- spending from more towards goods from services. So but, it's just a but, wait and see. Yeah. So I, I think you know elevated inflation, um, and, and really you know some of those manufacturers are still experiencing supply issues. Um, so you know that's that still hasn't really eased up for some manufacturers from COVID. It has a little bit, but you know, it's still, still easing. Um, so to, to be determined. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, looking at it, uh, the markets, particularly we've seen about 85% of the S and P 500 companies have reported their first quarter earnings, uh, year over year, uh, us revenue and earnings growth is 4.1% negative 1.6% respectively, which is roughly 2.5% and 7% above expectations. Earnings and forward guidance are starting to show some resilience in the face of weak product projections. And actually what we're seeing is that the, the path of Q2 estimates has also become more favorable than the past several quarters. So doing better than expected there. Hmm. So still slow though, still, yeah. still slow, but, but better than expected. Um, Something else that I'm, I'm sure you've seen in the news is that debt ceiling. Right. Um, ur- yeah. <laughs> Urgency is really picking up on that debt ceiling. Um, as Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen expressed to Congress this past week that, that the date for default could come as early as June 1st. Um, so the update. Yeah, sure. Well, can you can you explain to our listeners, you know, what first of all, what is the debt ceiling? What can you? kind of leveled playing field for everybody listening what what it is yeah so absolutely so it's actually it's the maximum amount of money that congress will allow the federal government government to borrow on to cover its bills so it's an arbitrary number that we just made up but we said we're not going to spend any more than this yes yes and we've bumped up we've bumped up against it in the past we have. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the most recent was back in 2021, December of 2021. So not that long ago, we actually do it more frequently than than you would expect. Um, and, and three times, too, in the prior administration. So do, do, does it ever go down? Uh, it hasn't for a really long time. <laughs> Um, no, and, and, you know, unfortunately we continue to see that number rise. Um, I hmm. think it's 1980, it was, you know, 1 trillion. Now we're up to three. Um, hmm. so yeah. what, what happens if we, if we reach that June 1st date as Yellen was expressing without a deal? So it wouldn't be good. Um, yeah, so it's really, it's really important that Congress can come to an agreement, um, to, to lift that debt ceiling because we won't have any money then to, to pay its bills. And we would, for the first time ever, default on our debt. Um, you know, the, the Treasury Department has already begun to take extraordinary measures to continue to fund the government. Um, but again, that funding is set to expire, um, to really deplete in early June. So more specifically, what would happen is, um, you know, it wouldn't be good for our economy, wouldn't be good for the markets, um, and it wouldn't look good for us on a world stage because our credit rating um, 
would be downgraded, which is not good. Um, you know, millions of millions of people would lose their jobs, and um, our gross domestic product, our D- GDP, would uh, f- start to slide. So, mm. yeah. And when you say lots of people would lose their jobs, in what respect? Like who? Like who is going to lose their jobs if if the debt ceiling is not met? Uh, I don't think anybody would really be padded from that, but particularly government employees. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Just furloughed, basically, like we can't pay you right now. So sorry. Yeah, you know, and, and that that even expands out to some government programs, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there would be a pause on paying certain government positions. But then also, you know, Social Security payments would be have to be paused, Medicaid, veterans benefits, SNAP benefits. Um, so it, it would affect people that receive those benefits as well. Wow. Wow. That does not sound good. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, got a, got a few, let's hope few more weeks. Let's figure it out. <laughs> and, you know, that that um, it's not a hard date. It's actually a moving target. That's just an estimate. So it could come weeks later than estimates. We could have a little bit more time than than what um, Yellen is is indicating. But so, you know, don't look at it as a, as a hard date, but certainly an agreement needs to to happen. Sure. OK. All right. Any other yeah, so, any other negatives? <laughs> that sounds yeah, like a really so, bad negative. I just, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's important to remind remind listeners also that we've been we've been through this before. <clears throat> right. So, um, you know, just take it take it in doses. Watch, you know, continue to watch what's happening in the news. But we've been through this before. So, yeah, I, I think it's been we've raised the debt ceiling like seventy eight times since the 60s what's one more exactly (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so to wrap up kind of the negatives and then we'll we'll brighten up the news a little bit but um another thing i'm sure you've seen in the news is that um the fdic the the banking Mm -hmm. sector the the fdic has taken over three uh large u.s banks with with about 550 billion in combined assets, which is the second, third, and fourth largest bank seizures in history, hmm. um, and it represents more than two percent of GDP. Wow. Um, the su- yeah, so the surprise failure that we saw to to kind of kick this all off, the SVB and the Signature Bank failure, and then that Silvergate Capital and the sale of Credit Suisse, um, and most recently First Republic. Um, has really brought fears of instability in the financial system, which has has sent a shockwave of uncertainty across the capital markets. And um, we've really seen small small regional banks suffer um, with this, which could, you know, a lot of small businesses rely on those those regional banks for for lending purposes and stuff. So we could see some you know, less growth in small businesses for the time being, maybe a little stagnant, um, stagnant there. So, so yeah, um, that, that'll wrap up the negatives for us. Okay. I'll give you some positive okay. news now. <laughs> let's, let's move on to something more happy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, those jobs really have remained resilient through all of this and, um, data continues to come out strong. April's report showed uh, that the the labor market continues to be robust with more than a quarter million new jobs that were added last month. And the unemployment rate fell to match its lowest level since May of 1969. Nice. Yeah. So 
non-farm, breaking it down, we saw non-farm payrolls. They did um, rise by 235,000 jobs in April, which was above consensus expectations. And that unemployment rate, um, again, retested that 3.4% 53-year low. Uh, Friday's jobs report also showed that wage growth has remained stronger than than forecasted in April, uh, with wages rising 4.4% over the prior year, um, in acceleration from the gains seen in March. So that's still still good news coming out of there. Weekly jobless claims did hit a six-week high of 242,000 at the end of April, um, which was up 21% since mid-January. Um, so break it, again, breaking this out, the number of Americans who applied for unemployment benefits at the end of April rose by 13,000 and hinted at some softening in a very robust U.S. labor market. Um, it's in really this number, the people, the number of people applying for unemployment, unemployment benefits is one of the best barometers of how the economy is doing. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And the worry is that high, higher borrowing costs orchestrated by the Fed raising rates um, to help tame that inflation could possibly trigger a recession. Hmm. Um, new jobless claims have risen from fewer than 200,000 in January, um, a sign that the labor market may be cooling a little bit, and the number of filings at its highest level since late 2021. However, jobless claims are still quite low historically. Um, so we've seen, you know, we've seen a, a rise, but they're still low historically. Um, and we've this this increase in new filings um, really reflects that wave that you've been hearing about in in a few just a few industries, particularly in tech. You know, I'm sure you've seen some restructuring in in the news as far as some of those tech companies go and re- reducing um, employees. But most industries have kept employment high. So there's really little sign of a sharp erosion in the economy, um, let alone wide-scale job losses. So, so still good numbers coming out out of there. But again, I think we've touched on that before. It's kind of a double-edged sword, right? So, you know, we want people to be employed, obviously, um, and we want people to to make more money. But also, um, it's one of the key data points that the Fed is looking at as far as taming inflation, raising rates and stuff. So it's still, you know, still remains really strong. So as long as that remains strong, the, the thought is inflation will remain um, elevated. Right. So um, counterpart to the manufacturing index, the services index mm-hmm. um, still remains in growth territory, came in a little bit higher than expectations at 51.9% um, up from mm-hmm. March's number. Um, new orders, employment, new export orders all remained in expansion territory. Um, and the majority of respondents for this survey really reported steady demand. Um, PMI, again, re- remains above above that 50% level, which over time indicates growth in the overall economy. But it, that's not without risks rising, no, you know, recognizing that risks are rising. Credit conditions have tightened um, with those rates getting increased. And uh, again, that um, Treasury Secretary Yellen warning that the, the government could run out of money within a month um, unless we choose to raise that that borrowing cap. Right. Um, a, a slowdown in the U.S. services sector um, 
the prior month was was considered by some economists to be a one-off, um, though it's again, it's important to note that activity could slow over the coming months due to cooling demand from rising rates. Um, and turbulence in the financial markets can also drag on that sector. Um, consumers are also remaining really resilient. Um, personal consumption expenditures, PCE, surprised with 3.7% growth in the first quarter and the highest quarterly growth rate since the second quarter of 21. Um, consumer spending goods on goods increased after declining at the end of, end of last year. Durable goods spending soared. Um, 16.9%, which we haven't seen since the first quarter of 21. So, yeah, consumer remains strong, continues spending. Um, so good numbers coming out there. And um, the consumer makes up a large part of our GDP. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so I think that uh, that wraps up our positives and negatives here for for this past month. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for going through those. So, so based on all of that, what kind of where does the the wealth department sit in terms of the conclusions? What what uh, strategies are you are you employing? Yeah. So, um, you know, we do remain in the camp that we're going to continue to see elevated volatility here throughout the year. So we um, we had padded portfolios. You know, just um, kind of balancing out those value and growth names. Growth certainly had. Um, a strong run here in April compared to value, um, but really trying to balance out that that risk reward, right? So just really trying to uh, mitigate risk, and and um, we we are lengthening out duration a little bit. We were pretty short duration on the fixed income side, so um, you know as we see maybe rates potentially peaking here, um, going out a little bit further um in, in duration in portfolios seems appropriate um yeah and really just you know kind of kind of to wrap everything up again in in why we're at where we're at um the fed again announced their third their third consecutive 25 rate increase it's 10th overall um last week and it, since the cy tightening cycle began last march to help combat that inflation and brought that Fed funds rate over 5% for the first time since 2007. And, and indications are that the Fed is nearing the end of its tightening cycle, driven in part by omission of a previous meeting statement that noted the committee, the committee anticipated some additional policy firming. Um, his, Powell's remarks did leave the door open for more rate hikes from the Fed in the future. Um, indicating that any action on rates would be data dependent. And he has really reiterated that it's, it's data dependent for him. Um, and, and, you know, moving over to the, to the equity side of the market, um, stocks were slightly down for, for April, but that going back to those earnings, they were generally better than expected earnings. And that reassuring PCE price index um, helped lift stocks into positive territory for the final few sessions. Um, so again, yeah, just anticipating that elevated volatility within the market and, um, and, uh, just making sure that our portfolios are, are ready to kind of weather that. Excellent. Megan, uh, thank you again for joining me today and providing such helpful insights. If, if someone's listening and they, you know, maybe something that we've said piqued their interest or they want to learn more, 
uh, or maybe they're they're worried and they want to they want to get some support. What's the best way they can get that support? Sure, they can uh, they can go to www.mybank.com, click on the wealth tab, and any one of our officers would be willing to to help you out or give us a call, send us an email. Excellent. Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Thanks again. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.